Welcome to this week's episode of the Andy Explains English podcast. All in all, it has been a bit of a quiet week for me. All in all is a nice way to say overall or on reflection. The one thing that has changed this week is that after a two-month hiatus, that means pause or break, I have finally got back to studying Mandarin Chinese again. Got back to means slowly returned to doing something. So, after a two-month hiatus, I have finally got back to studying Mandarin Chinese again. The next two episodes of this podcast will be about my experiences learning Chinese, as well as some reflections on language learning and teaching. We're going to start with the name of the language that I am learning in English. I'm always very careful about whether to call the language Mandarin Chinese or Mandarin Chinese. For many of you, you might not have considered this distinction before, but depending on who you talk to, it can be quite important and possibly offensive if you get it wrong. The first experience I had with this was with a young student from Hong Kong. In case you didn't know, they speak Cantonese down there. The second point to note is that there is a lot of friction, that means arguments, between the governments in mainland China and Hong Kong. That's a long story, and I don't want to get involved in it too much, but you could say that the main problem stems from the fact that Hong Kong used to be a British colony until the year, I think it was about 1997, when it was partially handed back to the mainland China government. A quick vocabulary check. A stem is the green part of the plant that grows first before the flower appears. You know, like the green stick. When we say stem from in English, we refer to the origin of a situation. In this case, the main problem between Hong Kong and China stems from the fact that Hong Kong used to be a British colony. So, in 1997, it was agreed between the British and Chinese governments that there would be a transition period during which Hong Kong was an autonomous region. By the way, autonomous means fully independent and able to act in the way that you want to. Let's look at the during which structure I just used for a second. Normally, when we use which, we are creating a relationship between a noun and a verb that comes after it. For example, this is a place which I love, or this is a place which makes me feel happy. In both sentences, which refers to the noun place and connects it to the verb love. This is a place which I love. However, when we use during which, we are always talking about a period of time and what happens during this period of time. Which still refers to the noun, but the addition of during allows us to describe what happens in a period of time around this noun. For example, I watched a film last night, during which I fell asleep. I called my parents yesterday, during which they told me they were going on holiday. They agreed to a transition period in Hong Kong, during which Hong Kong would be an autonomous region. As you can see, it's often used in the past tense. Returning to the transition period, it was called One Country, Two Systems, which was a reference to the different economic systems used in Hong Kong, capitalism, and China, communism. In reality, you could argue that both regions are capitalist, but that is definitely a story for another time. During the handover period, the name for this process of returning Hong Kong to China, it was agreed that Hong Kong would slowly adapt its laws to the Chinese system. Notice how I'm using the passive tense there. Because I don't know who agreed what, instead of saying they agreed, I used the passive, it was agreed. English loves doing this. It was agreed that Hong Kong would slowly adapt its laws to the Chinese system. Nowadays, 27 years after the handover, some residents of Hong Kong feel like the Chinese government is slowly trying to swallow the region and change it beyond recognition. Change beyond recognition means to change something completely. 
One of the best ways to change somewhere beyond recognition is to control the language spoken there. And that brings us back to my worry about how to call the main language spoken in China, or the most frequently spoken language in China. When I met her, the young student I have from Hong Kong always talked about speaking Chinese, and also about speaking a language that she called Putonghua. When I asked her to explain what she meant, I discovered that when she spoke English, Chinese meant Cantonese, and uh, Putonghua, which means common language in English, was how she referred to Mandarin Chinese. If that sounds confusing to you, then don't worry, it took me also a couple of months to get used to it. Also, remember to use the verb take to refer to the length of time that is necessary to complete an action. So, it took me two months to get used to the different names for Chinese languages. My discovery caused me to have lots of conversations with my other Chinese students, and I gradually became aware of the many languages which are spoken in China and how many ethnic groups there are. Outside China, what many of us refer to as Chinese is simply the language spoken by the majority ethnic group, who are called Han. In fairness, this ethnic group comprises roughly 90% of the total population of China. Comprises is a very useful word in English. Normally, we say that Noun X comprises Y percent. In this case, the Han ethnic group comprises 90% of China's population. To make a similar comparison, 84% of the UK's population resides in England. Of course, this is not the same as saying that 84% of the UK's population is English, but it helps us to understand why some people sometimes use England when they actually mean the UK. It might be inaccurate, and it might offend people who are from other regions, but it is at least understandable. Returning to China, and actually, one of the ways to say Chinese in Mandarin Chinese is Han Yu, which means language of the Han people. In fact, there are about, I think, six or seven different ways to refer to the majority language spoken in China. Now, obviously, when you're talking in English, in most situations, it will be completely okay to say Chinese. You don't have to worry about saying Mandarin Chinese or Mandarin or Cantonese. However, after listening to this podcast, you now possess knowledge that a lot of people outside China simply do not have. At least I don't think they have. I have used simply here to add emphasis to the verb do not have. I can say knowledge that a lot of people do not have or knowledge that a lot of people simply do not have. In summary, names are important, but you probably knew that already. I think actually that this is a good place to stop. So that concludes the first of two podcasts about the Chinese language. Next week's podcast will focus on my reasons for studying Chinese, and in particular, how my language learning journey has been so far. Bye for now.